Blog Talk Radio. Party on one of those Papa DD. I'm in here with uh, Kettle. Kettle? Kettle, you're going to have to open your mic. Hey, yo, Kettle, are you out there? Open your microphone. What's going on? What's going on? Sorry about that. There she is. What's up, Kettle? Huh? And Red Wine. Red Wine wasn't supposed to talk to us. I said her name, but she, yeah, we going to do it. Red Wine, uh, you can talk to me. Now. Now. Okay, yeah, bonsoir, darling. Uh-oh. Happy All Friday. Right. All right. Happy Friday. How's everybody? Woo, I'm Everything's good. Cool. Friday the 13th. Watch the ladders oh, and the boy. black cats and the umbrellas and the uh, what else uh, do we stay away from today? Uh, umbrellas, black cats, ladders. I don't worry about it. I'm gonna break a mirror standing under a, a ladder, holding a black cat. How about that? Why are you gonna say okay. that? I'm just gonna say that. I'll do that. <laughs> I ain't uh, never scared. Oh boy. Okay, ain't never scared. Mm-hmm. Anyway, how's everybody doing? How you doing, Papa D? Everything is cool. Everything is cool. Fair and meddling. Fair and meddling, as old folks say. I'm fair and meddling. Oh, is that what they oh, say? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Something like that. I don't even know if it was said like that. I'm just, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, everything's cool, you know. Uh, All righty. Oh, boy. We have a little technical difficulty, but I'm um, trying to get through it. Yep, no. we'll push forward. Yes. Keep indeed. it moving. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're Do we have a line up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got a line up. Of course. Right. I got you. I got you. I got you back, Mama. All right. Line them up. Line them up. All right. All right. Our hot topic tonight, we got uh, Trump declares a national emergency. Oh, wow. We're going to get into that. The NCAA tournament games will be played without no fans. And also, Olive Garden hosts resigns and plans to sue. Also, our hidden and credit headlines, 27 killed in Iran. From methanol poisoning. Wow. Um, Denmark temporarily closes borders. Um, U.S. colleges and universities closing due to the uh, coronavirus. Also, one closing across the country. And a New Jersey 7 Eleven owner sold a homemade hand sanitizer. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm getting crazy. Um, what's popping with Papa Didi's cocktail of the week is the Peace Co. Sour. Uh, weird news. Psych eval ordered for a man who sought trial by combat. Also, police jail woman who made bail with weed-scented candles and man waves gun to get hot sauce. Okay. I'm just saying with red wine, don't charge for my blackness. Living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up. I got a lot going on with this coronavirus. Um, I kiss the list and the last word. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the Hot Topics. It's Friday night, and you're listening to The Pajama Party Show Live. Tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. We push it to the limit every week like only we can. We've got hot topics, hit it and quit it headlines, TV and movie reviews, commentary, and the world's famous Kiss It List. And you don't want to be on the Kiss It List. So visit apajamaparty.com. Check out the cocktail of the week. Get your glass and get your laugh on with the Pajama Party crew doing what we do right here with you. Get up on this and push it. Push it real good. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling, 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 darling. Oh, Como tal oh. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> Ooh, it's time right for the hot topic. Oh, I'm feeling mighty fine. Oh. How you, you do? Uh, I can't How complain. You well, I'm fine. I didn't get you in that glass there, so you're doing fine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You heard my uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, we I got the first ones getting to this hot topic here. You know, y'all president declares a national emergency and invoking the um, Stafford Act. Okay. A source familiar with the president's plans, Trump is declaring both a national emergency and invoking the Stanford Act, which means um, – the Stanford Act is what frees up the extra federal funding and allows access to the funds. And the National Emergency gives access to the expanded authorities for the branch. Oh, you know, your president, he's loving all of that. Um, Trump claims private sector will provide 5 million uh, coronavirus tests within a month. Okay, that's a lot, 5 million. President Trump announced that private labs and vaccine developers will be able to provide 5 million uh, coronavirus test within a month. Okay. Um, also, he claimed that this drive-through testing sites will be set up to make coronavirus tests available for more people and more quickly. That's pretty good. Um, he goes on to say, "We still have a long way to go. There will be many more cases, but we'll uh, take care of that." And um, ultimately, um, as the president says. Um, Yep. So he said we're gonna um, we're gonna have access to fifty billion dollars. 
um, what she's described as a large amount of money for states, territories, and locations, and or um, in our shared um, uh, fight against the disease. That's a lot of money. So hopefully it's going to go to the proper places because I don't want to hear nothing like, oh, we didn't get our money, you know, they allocated the money, but we didn't get it, yeah, woo-woo-woo. So everybody just, just watch the president make sure he's allocating the money as opposed to make sure they get to the right people. That's that's my concern. But, uh, yep, so. What's your thoughts on it, Redline? What, what, you think that he should have done it or he waited too late or, I mean, is it right on time? Oh, I think he absolutely waited too late. You know, that's like waiting waiting until all of your uh, livestock has run out through the gate to decide, oh, now we got a problem. You know, when you well, saw the problem mounting and this thing is that contagious where people are able to catch it that easily, you needed to go mm-hmm. into emergency mode, put everything in motion, push whatever button you got to push, allocate the money, and let's start getting, you know, the plans in play. Why would you wait right. until the situation is already virtually out of control? Now you want to try to find ways to contain it. To spend the effort that he did mm-hmm. trying to so-called calm the nation, trying to downplay the situation, you can't downplay a situation like this, while he's downplaying it, the World Health Organization was calling it a worldwide pandemic. So mm-hmm. there's a disconnect. You got this organization saying the crap has hit the fan, and he's saying it's not that serious. We'll be fine. Everybody mm-hmm. calm down. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's what I say. Mm. What you say about it, Papa? Mm. You know, sometimes Trump, sometimes uh, Trump talks to uh, the world like he's talking to his, his idiot followers. Sometimes, you know, he gives all this abbreviated crap that his people that love him falls for. And when he's talking to the whole mass of people, you know, they're not even understanding it because. You know, he's not coming off as real as uh, normal people need to hear it, and that's where he loses loses grip at when he does his different uh, so-called press conferences and all the stuff, national things. He gets and reads from the teleprompter, and he's like, you know, sound like somebody reading for the first time, and he's just, it's just a mess. You know, he pauses for lies and... That's all kind of stuff. I mean, for people that can't see through his facade, they they either just brainwashed or just a straight up cuckoo brain or something. I mean, it's just a mess. He he didn't take this thing serious from the beginning. It's like he's not taking global warming serious or anything else. I mean, we here we are. What was the, the, this is a uh, Friday, thirteenth of February, okay. and we haven't had a drop of snow all year. You see any snow this year, this winter? Nope. I appreciate the cheap gas bill. Not in this area, no. I appreciate the cheap gas bill, but that's not just this area. They're talking about all over the world. 60 minutes with Mm -hmm. some other people that do ice skating up in the Netherlands. Them jerkers got to make their own ice anymore. They're trying to find somewhere to ice skate. They got indoor stadiums that they can't ice skate outdoors no more. So we ain't seen a drop. Mm -hmm. I I have not used a, a crystal of salt this year on nothing. 
So tell me when that happens when you don't get no snow or nothing, you know? That's crazy. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's your boy. I ain't going to talk about him, you know what I'm saying? Okay, that's, that's a whole other show. But I did want to add I mean, that, um, I did want to add that uh, later on today, Nancy Pelosi announced a deal with the Trump administration for an aid package for Congress that would provide free tests, sick pay for workers, and bolster food programs. Also, um, they have reached they have reached an agreement with the administration to resolve outstanding challenges, and now will soon pass the Family First Coronavirus um, Response Act. So that's going to be interesting. So this is what Nancy Pelosi she she's proposing. So we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah, but I also heard that Trump had issues with what was being proposed, and uh, I don't know how mm-hmm. far that bill is going to go. Mm-hmm. If it does get approved, mm-hmm. though, I think that's something. I think that's something that people should look into because a lot of jobs mm-hmm. is asking people to take some voluntary time off, you know. And if you can get that, if you can apply for that um, sick leave pay, you know, I mean, they got to tell people mm-hmm. how to apply for it, and they're gonna offer it. If you can take it off, then you just honor your job by taking a couple of weeks off because your job is asking you to for the betterment of the company. And then you just apply for it. It's where you can kind of have some time off at the same time and get paid for the government on the back end. I mean, if, if, that, if you can work it like that. But the question is, if you're authorizing paid leave time, how do you how do you get it? Who's it issued to and how do you, is this for the government only or, or what, what do they yeah, think? Yeah, and who's paying for it? Well, we know who's paying for it. I'm asking, how do you no, get I'm it? No, I'm asking, who's paying for it? What budget is that coming out of? I don't care about that. As long as I get it, I don't care what budget mm-hmm. it comes out of. That, that doesn't make a difference but to me. But my I'm point saying, is this. Money doesn't just come out of the thin air. But I'm not worried about that as a I'm as not a, asking as you to worry. I'm, I'm saying, I'm they, saying they that that money. But I'm saying if they get that money and allocate it for this purpose, it has to come from somewhere. So what is being sacrificed in but, order but, but to wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. As an employee that took a couple of weeks off and just needs some money, why are you worrying about where it came from? No, what, what, why, why, why? Red wine, property. Maybe it's coming from the fifty billion dollars the federal aid is giving. Maybe it's coming out of that budget. I don't care where it's coming. I don't care if it's coming from a slush fund. Maybe it's not that budget. Right. It don't matter to me where it's coming from. They spending five billion dollars to build a wall. So, I'm yeah. only asking because I don't want to see some other vital program get oh, sacrificed. Oh, please. Give me a break. You're taking two weeks off the job. That's not the new. They cut the webs every day. But I'm yeah, you're you taking two weeks off work, and you need money. What you worry about where it comes from? I'm just asking a question. So yeah, but you me. can't be sympathetic. Shoot me, then. I'm just asking a question. But how are you being sympathetic when you're taking two weeks off work and you need money for yourself? Charity begins at home. I was just asking the question. All right, well, I'm just saying. I wouldn't be. I wonder where they're going to get the money. All right, well, that's. Uh... If they're doing, I'm not talking so much about the league. Okay. All right. They were talking yeah. also about possibly doing something to give yeah, people well, money like well, they did back in 2008. And I finished. Back in 2008, when there was a recession, the government sent checks to people. And they took it from, I don't know where they took it from, but they said they took it from some other fund. And I was just wondering if that's the plan. I'm not talking about 
um, employers allowing people to use their leave, that's money that your employer owes you anyway. So I'm not talking about that. No, you you got it wrong. We'll, we'll discuss it more. We don't. Want to what do you mean our, I got it wrong? We don't want to spend a lot of time on that. If you got sick leave, you on. can use your sick leave. Let's move on. We'll discuss this at another time. No, you're not going to leave it out there like you no, got it wrong. We'll talk about it later. You're, you're getting it wrong. We're not talking about that. We're, we're You're in the wrong area of that. So let's let's move on. So I'm just wrong, and we're yes, going to leave it I didn't that. say you were wrong. I said you're wrong in the wrong area right now. We're not talking about that. I was saying, and let's let's move on, because this, this could go on and on, and we just start our show, and we don't want to kill a lot of time on that. Okay? I want to know. Uh, we're going to move on because this is taking no, I've too much I've been accused time. now that I'm Well, wrong. don't take I it personal. Know. Don't take it personal. Too late. Yeah, well. Geez. You're up next. All what right. else we got? I ain't going to go with the, uh, okay. Anyway, NCAA, them blood-sucking leeches, I got no sympathy for their ass. Every every year, March Madness makes a billion dollars, okay? So the fact that they got to close up and not do it this year, I'm not worried about them one bit, okay? Because people out here got major student loans, and that money they make off March Madness ain't going to no damn body but in their in their rich-ass pockets. And the students that are playing basketball ain't making a damn dime. And the people up there selling the cotton candy and all, they just making a, a little wage for selling a little percentage of the stuff they're selling. Half the stuff don't sell. They walk around with these big, heavy-ass containers trying to sell you some Cracker Jack popcorn and some cotton candy and all a whole bunch of stuff and beer that costs $5 a can. And, you know, it's just it's an atrocity. I'm glad it's not happening because it's a mess. You know what I mean? It's a big old slave trade that, you know, that the, the big old breadwinner is the, the, the man with the big-ass pockets and the, the beer that he the mustache that he twists at the end with his finger as he gets a massage from a Geecha girl. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, NCAA took a drastic step by closing the NCAA men's and women's basketball Final Four March Madness this year, which, like I said, is a billion-dollar project, which only goes for two weeks. Who makes a billion dollars in two, 14 days? Really? Anyway. The government body made the announcement Wednesday afternoon and proclaimed against the spread of many more uh, corona uh, viruses. The NCAA president's name is Mark Mark Emmerich. Put his put him on the kisser list because he's the one that stuffs his big old pockets in his. Uh, you ever see the pockets in those pants? Uh, those uh, cargo pants. Yeah, cargo pants and uh, the little the, the railroad pants with the little suspenders on them with the What's big ass pockets. What's his name again? Mark who? Emmert, E-M-M-E-R-T, Emmert, E-M-M-E-R-T, president of NCAA making all the money in the damn world. NCAA continues to uh, <clears throat> assess the impact of uh, COVID-19 in consultation with public health officials and our COVID-19 advisory panel based on their advice. Now, that that's crap, too, because they had to convince them to finally close down because NFL has shut down. Everybody else shut down. NCAA was still holding on. They claimed they were going to do it when nobody understands, and that would have been completely ridiculous. Okay, so anyway, they said after discussions with NCAA board members and the COVID-19 advisory panel, and he quotes by saying, I have made the decision, like he's the big cheese man, I have made the decision to conduct our upcoming championship, to not conduct our upcoming championship this season and uh, terminate the men's and women's uh, national tournament of March Madness 2020, like like he's the, the hero. 
He didn't want to do it in the beginning because, you know, it's big money. The men's Final Four is currently set to be held at Atlanta's uh, Mercedes. Well, it was set to be held at Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Have you ever seen that Mercedes-Benz Stadium? In Atlanta? Atlanta. They built a new stadium. Okay. It's it's amazing. You got to see the outside of it, the roof itself, the layers and layers of roofing. It's just amazing. No, that I seat, seen it. It seats 70,000 70, people, which is still nothing because colleges, they seat over 100,000 seats at college games, Jeez. college football games. Of course, they want their money for real. Okay, the NCAA uh, could move the games. They could have moved it to a smaller venue and all, and they were debating all that until they decided to shut it down completely. So, so there you have it. You know, they're not going to get their little billion dollars this year, so they're probably tripping. All the plans they have for their little, their new, their new vehicles or houses or whatever them big cheeses get at the end of the season. So that's all for a go. So in in some way, this particular uh, outbreak, you know, not for what it does to people, is a blessing because greedy people gotta, you know, pull their shirt out of their pants and uh, expose their big ass belly. So anyway, that's all I gotta say on that. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they have made enough money for a lifetime. Yeah, they have. One billion dollars every year. And it's a slave trade, you know, because it's a bunch of young black men mostly. I'm sorry, go ahead. Put that cut No, I was going to say, it kills me the things that LeBron James says and why are you gravitating to him, whatever he say. About um, oh, I'm not gonna play unless it's not the audience. I mean, you got a pandemic here, coronavirus. Yeah. You wanna be around people who got virus? Come on now, man. <laughs> yeah, he shoots. He shoots know, himself in the foot also. Yeah, I know that's where they thrive on. You know, the fans and stuff and all that. But I mean, you have to take take things into consideration. He just, you know, he may be. His age, but sometimes he just act too young. His, his as far as his age, as far as my. But why is he seeming like he's the voice of the NBA? Seem like they always stick to Mike in his face. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like mm-hmm. he he's a player on the team. I know he's good. He's one of the best. But you're not the voice. Mm-hmm. But they right. sure act like it. And if you stick a mic in his face, he's gonna tell you what he thinks. Well, I think he was a little peed also mm-hmm. that he didn't get to talk at a. At Kobe Bryant's funeral, as quiet as kept. I mean, he spoke. He spoke up for everybody at the when they did the first thing before the game, when he came out there and spoke that day. But he didn't show up for the funeral because I think that's largely behind. Uh, I don't think Vanessa. She wanted. She wanted more people that was prominent and closer to Kobe. You know, Shaq and, and Michael mm-hmm. Jordan and people like that. And there wasn't no room for him. Right. He knew he wasn't. You know, uh, LeBron James was a Cleveland Cavalier. You know, he wasn't thinking mm-hmm. about Kobe. I mean, you know, I'm not just kind of the friendship he had with Kobe, but he wasn't in the Laker family, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, mm-hmm. all right. Let me let me shift gears and tell you about the more uh, racism in America. You know, it's always mm-hmm. something. We got a situation out of uh, Olive Garden. For all you Olive Garden fans with the endless salad and the breadsticks. 
this was about a 16-year-old student who has resigned her job at Olive Garden working as a hostess after she says that she was harassed by her co- her coworkers for calling out workplace discrimination. Now, you would think they would have celebrated that, but apparently she says her coworkers harassed her because she called it out. But uh, the young lady's name is Amira Donahue. Uh, she, along with another uh, unidentified server, both claim that they were targeted with racial discrimination last month when, okay, check this out. So last month at Olive Garden, Amira Donahue and another server said a white woman came into the restaurant, and this was in Evansville, Indiana. So this white lady came in the restaurant demanding a server that was not black. And the manager at the Olive Garden granted the woman's request. So this woman comes in there loud talking, talking about, I need a server that's not black. I will not, you know, she didn't want to be waited on by anybody black. I need to have somebody not black to wait on me. And the manager up in there was like, okay, okay, we'll get you somebody not black to wait on you. So this idiot manager, instead of telling that woman, then you need to leave, he went and got a white server to wait on her. So now the Olive Garden chain has said that they fired the manager at that Evansville, Indiana location after finding out how the manager handled the uh, altercation. But the young lady, Amira, says that after the manager was fired, her coworkers started making derogatory comments about her. Now, Miss Donahue, that's the young lady uh, who says she was harassed, Amira Donahue, she went and got some lawyers, and her lawyers announced on last Saturday that she was no longer employed at the Evansville uh, Olive Garden. Now, Amira has spoken up about being discriminated by the Olive Garden customer and said she's been harassed and retaliated against by her coworkers and her superiors. Um, and she told her superiors about the harassment and the retaliation by her coworkers, and they didn't do anything. They didn't talk to her her other coworkers and tell them to cut it out or reprimand them or anything. They did absolutely nothing. So she uh, the story goes on to say that Amira tried to overcome adversity because you know she was an experienced server. At Olive Garden, she was trying to keep her job. But after the manager got fired, she says that the work environment became intolerable. So her lawyers uh, said the final straw happened on March 6th of this month. That was, what, last week, when Amira alleges that she overheard her coworkers talking about her to each other, making comments such as, black people will do anything for money. And I don't like her, you know, all this kind of stuff. But really, black people will do anything for money. So the lawyer said that they're standing by her and they're holding Olive Garden responsible for the treatment of Amira and uh, that if any other employees were harmed by Olive Garden's treatment, employees, that, you know, they want them to come forward and stand with Amira. So... You know, Amira went on to talk about how she felt like she was targeted by racial discrimination 
by the female customer, the white woman who came in there last month. Uh, she says that this woman asked for a server that was not black, and the manager complied. And I agree that it was a bad decision at the moment, but she said that uh, she shared the woman's fury, and then the, the woman's fury, the white woman, got directed to, directly toward her. So she says she stood in the middle of the restaurant, the white woman did, stood in the middle of the restaurant and started screaming at me in front of all the customers. And the lady made comments about her to another coworker, saying that I was not family friendly and that I should go to work at a strip club instead of Olive Garden. Now, this woman just came in off the street, and you want to talk about this young lady who's only 16 years old simply because she is not white. You know, you got a problem with black people. Then you're going to turn around and yell and scream in the restaurant talking about she needs to be at a strip club, not working here. Really? Wow. I, I just don't even understand. I'm trying to understand where did that come from? Why, why don't she even say that? You know, some people just have inbred idiocy, apparently. She okay. said the woman went on okay. to ask her about... Well, while this white woman was having her tantrum, she said, are you black? Are you from here? Are you American? You know, just oh, making comments God. like that to her. And then referred mm-hmm. to her talking mm-hmm. to somebody else as the other one. You know, the other mm-hmm. one, that other one. Come People just have issues. Now, I should point out also that uh, Indiana is like the home base of the Ku Klux Klan. So let us not be shocked that this kind of wow. stuff goes on in Indiana. I am dismayed that that manager just basically kissed this woman's behind and said, okay, let me get you a white server. Instead of just saying, you know, you're not going to come in here and disrespect our staff like that. If you have a problem with our staff, then maybe this is not the place that you need to eat today. And let me show you to the door. That's what the manager should have done. Should have. Yeah, you're right. You probably must be just as racist as um, the customer. I mean, and I'm being diplomatic about it. You know, the manager could have just gone off on her since she's yelling and screaming all up in the restaurant. She could have told her what you're not going to do is come in here and disrupt and upset our other customers who are paying for food. You just got here. We don't need you, so bye-bye. If you want to be undiplomatic about it. But to say, yeah, let me go get you a white servant, and that will make everything all right. I don't think so. So we don't know we don't know that manager's name, and of course Olive Garden put a statement out saying that this is not how we operate. We are not, you know, this is not who we are as a corporation. That's why we immediately fired this manager when we found out about this. I guess what they're saying is please don't have uh, Al Sharpton and all of the folk come and pick in our restaurants. We're not that way. We love black people. <laughs> so, okay. No, I'm not mad at Olive Garden corporately. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not mad at Olive Garden corporately, but this particular manager who felt like this was the best course of action, you messed up. 
and now you're out of a job, and you're on the pajama party kiss it list. Oh, Lord. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I hope she um her name goes onto the Olive Garden uh, marquee. Uh, and say it's her Olive Garden because she should own it. You know, the way they treating people down there in Indiana, it's just a disgrace. So. Yeah, that would be uh that would be fair. She should mm-hmm. buy herself a franchise and say, "Now I'll show you how it should be done." I know that's right. There you go. Yep, yep. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments, what we're talking about is up tonight. Nine one four eight zero three forty three zero six. And press yeah, one. Press one. Of course, gotta press one. All right. So that's our hot topic for tonight. Um, I guess we're gonna take a little CC break, and we're gonna get back into the um, hit and quit it headlines for tonight. You guys ready to go to hit and quit it? We're gonna take a little CC. Yeah, we can take a break. Okay, a break it is. I'm out of ice, so I need a break anyway. Looking for a new cocktail to serve at your next dinner party? Trying to figure out what pairs well with your main entree? Then you need to visit the Cocktail of the Week archive at apajamaparty.com. We've got a list of all the cocktails we've featured on previous Pajama Party shows with recipes and pictures of the drinks. And believe me, we've had some good ones. And while you're on the website, visit the archives for previous shows. Just click on any date and you can hear the shows again and again. We've got you covered at apajamaparty.com. And tell a friend. They'll thank you. Back to Pajama Party, one of those Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Red wine. Bonsoir, darling. And it's time for the hit it and quit it headline. Oh, let's see. Let's go to Kettle. Kettle, what you got for us tonight? Well, 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 this is a crazy one. Yeah, I don't know. Now, what people are thinking about now? 27 killed in Iran from methanol poisoning after virus cure rumors. The outbreak of the virus in Iran is one of the deadliest outside of China, where the disease originated. Uh, Twenty have died in the um, southwestern province of Kazakhstan and seven in the northern province of Abor after consuming bootleg alcohol. Drinking alcohol is banned in Iran for everyone. Wow. Local media regularly reported on lethal cases of poisoning caused by bootleg liquor. Um, wow. 218 people had been hospitalized after being poisoned. Um, the intoxication cases were caused by rumors that drinking alcohol can be effective in treating coronavirus. Oh, my God. Um, the IBAS, a jurist, uh, Judiciary officials said on Monday that five people had been arrested in the uh, city over distributing the um, drinking alcohol. Wow. And if um, ingested in large quantities, methanol can cause blindness, liver damage, and death. 
Uh, Ron has uh, been scrambling to contain the spread of the um, COVID-19 virus, um, which has hit all of the country's provinces, killing at least 237 people and infecting more than 7,000. That's a lot of people. So it says 16 out of 69 confirmed cases of that of coronavirus infected. Wow. The um, country's health care system, burdened by U.S. sanctions, has faced shortages in supplies and medicine as it fights to contain the crisis. Wow. I guess it was, uh, I guess it was just, I don't know what type of alcohol. What was it? Methane alcohol? That's crazy. <laughs> they mixing this stuff up and telling these people to take it's going to help the coronavirus. Ridiculous. That Oof. was like regular isopropyl rubbing alcohol. Oh, okay. That's what that is. Okay. Like That's medical crazy. rubbing alcohol. Right. They use them on uh, medical things. But um, yeah. also, too, that the um, uh, regular uh, drinking alcohol. Tito's uh, Alcohol Box has said they had an influx of um, sales because they think they can use that to make some, um, you know, make a, um, uh, uh, what, hand sanitizer. Right, but it's not, they said the alcohol content is not highest. It has to be at least 70%, and that's only right. 30, you know. That's what so, you're supposed to use. You're supposed to use the uh, rubbing alcohol for that. You're use right. the booze. Right. I mean, right. there is so, some so some I, drinking alcohol you can use, but like you said, it's got to be seventy percent or better. Right. Well, they should have been drinking Cheetos instead of this, uh, instead of the rubbing alcohol. Maybe we just got confused. Wow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, it is. All right. Keep it moving. Okay. Over to you, Papa Didi. Well, uh, it looks like uh, Denmark will temporarily close the borders to non-citizens on Saturday. This is ironic because I don't understand uh, why you think your citizens are so pure and everybody else is so damn dirty. Anyway, sure. Denmark will temporarily close its borders for non-citizens in the move to curb spread of, of the, the uh, coronavirus. The Danish prime minister, his name is Matty, Richardson said it on Friday. All tourism, all travel, all vacations, and all foreigners who cannot prove a credible purpose for entering Denmark, this is act funded, yes, <laughs> will be denied entrance at our Danish borders. Fredersen said that uh, at a news conference last Friday in the Copenhagen. Denmark, Copenhagen, which is... Uh, I've experienced that area. That's over by the North Atlantic. That represents uh, Amsterdam and its uh, whole North Atlantic scene. That's where Ireland and Amsterdam and Denmark and all that stuff, all the, you know, free marijuana, free hashish, legal hashish, legal marijuana, legal prostitution is vicious over there. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, Boston and Miami will be added to a list of 11 airports that are being used to divert passengers traveling to and from that European area region. So uh, anybody leaving out of those areas cannot enter Copenhagen from Boston or Miami. So the airport's getting in, getting in on it. It's amazing out there today. 
the new airports, uh, Miami International and uh, Logan International Airport, uh, they go into effect 11:59 Friday. And senior officials said on a press call, they're adding that everyone already en route is not impacted by this. But uh, I guess they claim if you already have tickets and all, they're going to try to honor it. Or, but it, it's just a mess. It's a mess. So it just seems that everybody around the world is getting in on this particular situation and uh, ducking and dodging and slipping and sliding and trying to avoid stuff any way they can. And it's becoming, a, uh, what do they call it, a pan, uh, pan, pandemic. Pandemic. That's true. It means your ass is panicking. And, and I just don't think, you know, off the record a little bit, I don't. I don't like the way America talks with, especially Trump, and even Congress and Pelosi and all them. I don't. I. I don't think that money is always the answer. America always talks like that. Fifty billion dollars to. Well, you know, if you would have paid attention from the beginning, you know what I mean. If you would have gotten the game from the start, you would took it serious from the beginning. You would have been up on it. Right. I mean, it's just like car repairs. You hear something in your car, you take it to a mechanic, but you don't wait until that, that noise, you don't drown the noise out with the radio, and then you're in the middle of 95, and all of a sudden your chassis breaks, and you find yourself sitting in the middle of Route 95 with a broken idle alarm or a, a broken uh, strut or something that you heard squeaking for two weeks, but you avoided it because either, you know, financially or or whatever, you know, I mean, get it checked out. And that's what happened with this whole situation with America. You know, I, I don't think that Trump understands his frontline duties on what he's supposed to do first and foremost. He's so busy trying to just make sure everything is cool. Every, I'm just as cool as Barack. I'm just as cool as Barack. Don't y'all see? I'm just as cool as Barack. You know, I always say, I'm just glad Barack came through there first. I know that's right. Because right now, it's going to take a strong person to clean up the mess that he's doing in there. He's trying to stay in because he's going to spend the next four years cleaning up his mess. If he gets reelected, he's going to spend four years trying to put the country back in shape because he done took it apart completely. Well, I think this coronavirus is going to be the bigger opponent for him than anybody running on the Democratic ticket. But you never know. He has such an ignorant following that it's uh, them people follow him like mummies. They're 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 like marching soldiers when it comes to him. I mean, I even have people on the job that are just Trump supporters, and I don't even I don't really talk to them too much anymore because I never knew their their views were that ignorant. And I'm like, wow. People go hard. And I've man. been friends with this person for for the last four years, and then they start talking, and you'd be like. Damn, I didn't know he thought like that. They say something, you know, everybody try to keep their political beast to themselves, but it slips out sometime on the job. And you and they come out and say something crazy. And some of them are talking just like Trump. Mm-hmm. Just like I mean when it's, even when this coronavirus broke it first broke out, the person I work with kept saying, Well, this so serious about that people dying of heart disease every day, blah 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 blah. And I, I, I was like saying to myself, I, I would normally say, well, what's that got to do with this situation? But knowing where it's coming from, he sounds just like Trump. So mm-hmm. I, just, I left alone. I leave him alone for now on. I don't even, you I know, you. I only have a conversation with him. You know, it's crazy. Anyway. All right. Well, let's go to the phone. Let him pick up a caller. 
and then we'll get into the uh, next hit and quit it. Caller, welcome to the Pajama Party Show. You are live on the air. Go right ahead with your comment. Hey, this is uh, Timmy. I'm calling from Atlanta. And, hey, um, Timmy. I was call- welcome to the show. Hey, hey, this is Linda. This is Redwine. How are you? Redwine? Okay. I'm good, thank you. Um, I was calling because one of the problems, one of the reasons that the coronavirus spread so fast is because one, um, I call him 45. I don't like calling his name because it's just annoying. So I call him 45. But he uh, yeah, fired and cut the budget, <laughs> cut the budget of the um, CDC, and right. he removed CDC officials from China and other places that would, you know, help prevent the spread. And so people, they don't, they don't know these things. They hear, they listen to Fox News, they listen to all these other places, but they don't realize that, you know, he precipitated in, in basically advanced the um, the spread of the virus, you know, because they weren't prepared. We weren't, we weren't prepared. And he spreads these rumors or these, what he thinks he knows saying that, you know what, oh, in, in, in uh, well, April, disease is going to be over, you know, it's just going to you know disappear like the season. So, um, but he he made strategic cuts in the the budget, and did things that um, that really hurt, and it, it made the spread so much worse. I absolutely agree. You know, one of the other things he got rid of is the uh, Ebola team that was put in place by President Obama. There was a White House Ebola team that was still working, that was still there in place. But when he came in office, in his process of trying to erase Obama, he got rid of the Ebola team because he felt, why do we need that? Why are these people on payroll? Get rid of them. He got rid of them. And those people were there because they handled a pandemic situation before, and they were there to handle anything else that came up. They had the knowledge. They had the experience. But he kicked them to the curb. So that's yeah, another reason why the situation was out of control. Exactly, and we we have we still don't have well, half the ambassadors in place in countries that we should have because he refuses to hire them or because he, he cut the budget. So we have so little representation, and we've alienated, you know, majority of the world. They don't want to cooperate with cooperate with us, even if they had the opportunity to. So also it's just uh, it's a sad situation. And it's hurting the whole world. You know, he removed us from the Paris Accord, cut back all regulations as far as water pollution, air pollution, um, ground, you know, drilling, um, everything. And it's all because of money. It causes, you know, big businesses can make more money if there's no regulations. They can dump whatever. But he's he's not he's against anything that will prevent him from making money and his friends. So right. Well, he's also against but yeah. anything that Obama did, that's the stuff he started day one, rolling it back. Get rid of that. And those were the yeah, well, things that you just mentioned that Obama had put in place that was going to be beneficial for the country. It wasn't about Obama. It was about the country. Exactly. And another thing was net neutrality, which was overturned. Because now, you know, now if you notice that your Internet's slower, it's because that if you got Comcast and you're watching Netflix, but they want you to be watching whatever's on net, um, you know, on Comcast, they can slow down your internet 
but before new, um, but before that with net neutrality, they couldn't do that legally. So now, you know, we got slow internet. If I, you know, <laughs> if they want you to, the cable company or your or your service provider provider wants to slow down your internet. So he, he all these regulations, he, he's removed. So you, you know, know, I had forgotten um, about that net neutrality thing, but that's absolutely true. It, yeah, there's it, it's a, it's a lot of things that he's he's done to strategically to make more money for big businesses, including the, the tax cuts that uh, supposedly helped small businesses and, and little people that were not tax cuts. You know, they were, you know, uh, somebody put it as a uh, shift in, um, there was a shift in, in, in tax money. So we, the, the small businesses and people like us, you know, the lower income, we pay more in taxes and the businesses got the, you know, executives, the big businesses got more, but got a tax cut. And then they got rid of big jobs or the higher paying jobs to make more lower paying jobs. So the, you know, there's the uh, job increases that he's boasting about. They may be more jobs, but they're a lot less paying than the jobs that were, were there before. Absolutely. You are dead yeah. on caller. <laughs> Thank you. But that, that's all I had to say. You know, it was, um, you know, people don't like you don't say don't you don't want to talk about politics um, at work or around people who may not be um, in the same light, or you don't want to cause to have an argument with people. But the thing is, like with him forty five being in office, people show their ass. They just came out and just start, you know, saying you know they believe with this believe with him. They he's a straight shooter. He's a he's a you know he he doesn't beat around the bush. You know he he says what he wants to say. But you know the things that he says. Are lies and the things that he says they're inflammatory and they incite violence, and so, and they're racist. And um, our question was posed to me: If your best friend was a Trump supporter, would you um, stop being friends with him? Now, if you voted for Trump initially, I can excuse that because you know everything wasn't known about him at that time; he was very hidden. But now. If you consider you my friend and to believe the things that he's done and all the all the, the changes that he's done to the world and to the people around you know in in the world and or policies to put or judges that he's putting in office that are permanent judges that will be there long after oh, yeah. he's gone, you know mm-hmm. it's like um no I can't I can't be your friend because obviously I didn't know who the hell you were, <laughs> so it is you know yeah Ooh, I, you, you might have been my best friend. You might be, but you were an imposter. You were not somebody that actually knew when you were fronting. So, yeah, I would definitely um, – I blocked many people because, you know, you you can vote for him initially when he first in office, but if you're still backing him now, I can't I can't mess with you. I can't be friends with you. Can't, I can't even look at you. So, yeah. I that being said, thank you for uh, allowing me to uh, say my words and speak on your show, and um, hopefully I'll call in again soon. It's a great show, by the way. All Thank right, you. appreciate it. We'll put you back in the queue where you can listen to the rest of the show. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. All right, that was Atlanta calling in. Thank you, Tim. All right, I got one more for you regarding closings on corona. We got colleges and universities now that are shutting down the in-person classes, of course, due to coronavirus. I won't read the whole list, but we've got universities from California to New York that are closing their campuses, most of which are today, some of them closing between Saturday and Sunday. It's affecting more than 100,000 people worldwide because of the Mm -hmm. pandemic. 
So the cancellations were initially focused in states that were hardest hit by the virus, which included the Seattle area, uh, parts of California, and parts of New York. But now, of course, it's spreading, and now we've got um, a lot of colleges are now trying to shift their face-to-face classes to online classes. So this will be interesting to see if they can figure out how to do it quick. You know, of course, a lot of class colleges do offer online classes, but some of these classes weren't designed to be offered online. So we're going to see how this happens. So some of the schools are telling their students not to return to campus for 14 days after their return, depending on uh, the laws of the state. And we've got a lot of colleges issuing guidance on travel that has to do with people going, like if you're international students, if you're going to China, Italy, or South Korea, um, particularly because it's spring break. So it just so happens that a lot of this kind of coincided with spring break, which for most colleges is happening next week. So a lot of the colleges are just extending spring break to say instead of coming back week after next, we're going to extend it another week, and some of them might extend it yet another week. So you've got, uh, I've got California, Connecticut, Delaware, Washington, D.C., Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Maine, Maryland, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia, and that's just the list that we got as of today. So there may be more. So anybody who has students or if you are a student, make sure you check your uh, school's website or call if you need to before you go to class or try to go to class next week or the week after, after spring break in, and verify if they're uh, even open. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to um, piggyback off of you, uh, Red Wine. Um, just right here in the DMV in West Virginia, um, they, like you said, extended spring break. Um, the schools are moving to distant online uh, learning, which will begin um, after the extended spring break. And they're they're concerned about the kids that don't have um, access to computers. They said they're going to try to work that out. They got plans to to help that. Um, Other closures, um, Broadway, the Kennedy Center, Performing Arts in D.C., the U.S. Congress and House Office Building. Um, Museums are closed uh, for two weeks. Also, Major League Baseballs, Major Hockey, NBA, just about every sport there is is shutting down until, you know, for at least a couple of weeks. Um, Louisiana is the first state to postpone their upcoming April primary, which has been pushed um, out to June 20th. Um, That's interesting. The most famous uh, concert in the world, Coachella, has been rescheduled to early October. Um, and his sister event, the stagecoach, is rescheduled to late October also. Um, let me see. South by Southwest, which would have been next week, is canceled. Miami's Ultra Music Festival is rescheduled till next year. Also, New York um, Tribeca Festival um, in New York City um, was set for April. Now it's postponed. 
Um, also, uh, movie releases uh, that's supposed to be coming out. Uh, James Bond, we talked about that last week. No Time to Die is being postponed. Uh, Mulan, um, The New uh, Mutant, and uh, Roger uh, Rabbit Part 2. Also, A Quiet Place Part 2 is um, being postponed. Musicals, um, portions of the concert tour include um, Pearl Jam, um, let me see, Blake Shelton, Green Day, K-Pop, Myron Silas, and others. And those are being canceled. And uh, the Boston Marathon, New York's Patrick's uh, Parade. These are most popular things. Chicago's largest parades are canceled. And Paris, France, that has closed large tourist and attractions. So, um, I guess wow. Netflix and uh, Hula, they're gonna be um, they're gonna be busy. They're gonna blow that thing wide <laughs> open. I, you know, not gonna have nothing else I to do. I think you're right. And, yeah, yeah. So I'm quite sure this this sales. If, if if you haven't invested in Netflix, um, as far as stock, you better do it now. <laughs> so you know, jump on the bandwagon. So that's what I have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I've got one more related to Corona because that's like all that's in the news. Uh, we got a story out of New Jersey. There was a, a 7-Eleven owner allegedly sold homemade hand sanitizer that burned four kids. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is the owner of a 7-Eleven in New Jersey that was trying to make a few bucks on the coronavirus outbreak. She put together mm-hmm. her own homemade sanitizing spray. It turned out that stuff burned four children. Her name is Manisha oh Barad. Yeah, Manisha Barad, 47. She was issued a summons on charges of endangering the welfare of children and deceptive business practices for mixing foaming sanitizer that was not intended for resale with water and packaging the mixture in bottles sold in her Rivervale store. Uh It says, let me be perfectly clear. If you try to take advantage of our residents during a public health emergency, we will hold you accountable, said New Jersey Attorney General Gerber Grewal. Retailers who try to make a quick buck by exploiting others will face civil and criminal consequences. So it turns out the chemical concoction that she put together left four young boys, uh, three 10-year-olds and one 11-year-old burned, uh, according to the uh, prosecutor, Mark Musella. One child had burns on his arm and leg, but they're expected to make a full recovery. They were released from the hospital. One of the boys, uh, three of the boys, were less severely, severely burned. Uh, 14 <laughs> bottles of mixture were sold to customers five of which have been turned over to the Rivervale police. She was selling them for $2.50. So she has jacked her whole life up over $2.50 a bottle with some messed up hand sanitizer. Uh, uh. You know, there's people Uh, out here trying to capitalize on it. Does she own the 7-Eleven? Yeah, she's the owner of the store. So they were saying if you're in that Rivervale area in New Jersey and you bought any of it, you need to uh, get in touch with the Rivervale police 
and turn that stuff in, and please do not use it. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press one. Mm, press one. All right, we're key. going to you. What's popping tonight? Man, there's a lot. I don't even know where to begin. Well, pick a starting point and go for it. <laughs> now you're right rushing there. me. <laughs> now I was trying to keep them moving earlier. You want to well, take a break? Take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. We'll take a break. All right. All right, we'll be back. We'll be back. party. This is the Pajama Party on Blog Talk Radio. The Pajama Party is produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment at www.dchomegrown.com. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the Pajama Party crew and you. So pick up the phone and dial 914-803-4306. That's 914-803-4306. And tell us what's on your mind. There's a big fluffy pillow reserved just for you at the pajama party. So call us now. And remember, it's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Pass it on. Log on to www.apajamaparty.com and click the Listen Live banner or call 914-803-4306. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Is it tea time, darling? Living just enough, just enough for the shit Okay, but why are we doing Stevie Wonder? I thought we were doing pajama party. Well, I was, I was talking about my little, uh, one, of my segment, one of my segments, one of my segments of uh, Living for the City. Join the party. Thank you, thank you, Rodney. Yes, sir, we're Friday night at nine. Pajama party. No clothes allowed. Kettle and red wine, uh, step on my parade. I had the mic first. And they're coming in just trying to, uh, you know. It's my turn. Oh, yeah, she's going to say. I don't know what number to call. Oh, okay. yeah, uh, call us at 914-803-4306. And press 1. And press 1 to be put into the queue. And uh, say what you have to say. You can read off what we're talking about. Come up with a new subject of your own. We're, we're, we're liberal. We're easy. It's the same. Eastern Time, we're here at 9, 9 p.m. Friday nights at uh, 6 o'clock, o'clock West Coast, and uh, what, maybe 7 o'clock in the mountains? Or in the, <laughs> yeah, 7 in the mountains, uh, Michigan, Central. Michigan and New Orleans and all that, we're like an hour back, yeah, but 9 o'clock on the East Coast. 9.15, time. 9.15. Don't be late when you listen to us. It's 9 o'clock on the dot. That's right. Every Friday night. We'll see you there. Goodbye. All right, welcome back to John Party. I'm your host, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. What's poppin'? All right, uh, 
like we said earlier, you know, the world's a mess. It's, it's a damn mess. And where do we begin to clean it up? You know, who knows? Because half the world is, is in, in, into what they're doing, what they're talking about. You got people following this this uh, so-called leader that's in effect. So it's going to take a lot, you know. And then you got the Democrats that are they're they're kind of cutting the cutting the cord because of all the battling between the whole situation with the elections and all. You know, I mean, I think that if if uh, Biden is winning this stuff, then Bernie Sanders needs to lay down the way Hillary Clinton should lay down when Barack was whooping her ass. You know what I mean? You can't keep staying in the game with your popularity. I tell people all the time, just because you got followers and people to believe in you, that doesn't necessarily mean that that, you know, it's all about the count. It's all about the the delegates and things like that to get you over the finish line. You know, the electoral college is not about, you know, the actual popular vote. And that's why we lost to Trump last time, because people weren't about being popular. Like Hillary Clinton didn't go and talk to white folks like she should. She didn't go up into the bowels of the of the areas that Trump went when it comes to talking to, you know, people that's up there sheet herding and all kind of stuff. People that's going up there and uh going into them real, you know, southern white towns, that, that poor white trash stuff, going all up into that. She was hanging out with Jay Z and people like that and trying to be all, you know, that was her level of, of, of hanging out with black people and all that, but the white people that Trump was laying on and, and throwing the dog whistle at them and waking them up and making them celebrate their whiteness more and more and more took things over the top. Not to mention the Russians intertweeting and messing up things like that. But, um, you know, this time around, we got to unify early. Got to unify early. It's not about the way... Hillary was like at the last minute, you know, this is when, when when Barack won, you know, for the first time where Hillary just wouldn't give up. She wanted him to pay for her campaign and all kind of stuff. I'm like, well, damn, can we just go to the major election and, and get this thing going? You know, you lost the primary and you put the same with Bernie. Acting like he's trying to, he's, he's behind by over 100 points and he's still trying to, that, that kind of stuff right there is his ego. You know, let it go. Let it go. Everybody's a Democrat. Let's get it together, you know, and and, and come up with a solution. And, and the more you hang on, the more you, you showing people that you still Republicans are looking at the ego of the Democrats when they make it where where thin. Now we got a situation going on with a virus going around, so let's wrap this up. Wrap up this whole Democrat primary thing. Get get a front runner. And let's start getting behind that person and start building. It's the only way they're going to win. Yeah, that's all I got to say on that. All right, Papa Didi. Uh, let's see. Kettle, we're coming back to you for the uh, cocktail of the week. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, darling. Well, oh, we excuse a, me. <laughs> we have a cocktail of the week. Um, it's called the um, Peace Call Sour. Did I pronounce that right, Red Wine? Yes, you did. All right, and this is from. Peru. 
Um, I'll tell you what Pisco is, uh, means in a minute. So you're going to have two ounces of the Pisco, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, a half ounce of simple syrup. Um, you guys might not want that. But this is part of the... You all right over there, Papa? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, one egg white um, and garnish it with um, uh, a gore store bitters. So, um, let me tell you what Pisco means. That's a white brandy made from Peru from Muscat grapes. That's what that is. So, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to add all our ingredients into the shaker, ice, and shake vigorously. Strain into a chilled rock glass over fresh ice and garnish with three drops of the uh, bitters. And this is called the Pisco Sour. And this will be on our website. So, enjoy. Hello. All right. Thank you, Kettle. You're very welcome. Okay. A Pisco Sour. All right. All right, we're going to shift gears and go to the, uh, are we going to go to the weird news or are we breaking? It's up to you guys. I'm ready. Just go for it. We need to lighten it up a little bit. What did you say, Papa? Don't matter. Go ahead. Okay. Well, let's go to the weird news then. All right. And I believe I'm up first, so let me tell you about this one. I've got a psych evaluation ordered for a man who was trying to get a trial by combat. I've never heard of that kind of situation, but that's why it's the weird news. This is coming (laughs) out of Harlan, Iowa. An Iowa judge has ordered a psychological evaluation of a Kansas man who asked the judge to let him engage in a sword fight with his ex-wife and her attorney so that he could rend their souls from their bodies. I don't know what that's about, but that's what he said. David Ostrom, who's from (laughs) Aola, Kansas, said in a court filing that his former wife, Bridget Ostrom, from Harlan, Iowa, and her attorney, had destroyed him legally, and that the Ostroms had been embroiled in disputes over custody and visitation issues and property tax payments. So the judge had the power to let the parties resolve their disputes on the field of battle legally. That's what uh, the ex-husband said, David Ostrom. Yeah. He also said in his filing, I know, he said in his filing that trial by combat has never been explicitly banned or restricted as a right in the United States. So he said, I think I've met Mr. Hudson's absurdity with my own absurdity, that he said uh, regarding uh, the former wife, that she could choose her attorney to act as her champion. So I guess he wanted the wife's ex-wife's attorney to get a sword and fight him in a sword fight. I have never heard of any stuff like that. <laughs> so the ex-wife, the ex-wife, Bridget, this is crazy. 
The ex-wife, Bridget, Bridget Ostrom, asked the judge to suspend David Ostrom's visitation rights to their children and order him to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. And the judge granted both requests. <laughs> Apparently the judge said, yeah, he's a little off. So, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they said his motion for combat was disturbing and that his reasons, they thought it might have been about just getting attention, but nonetheless... He had been ordered to have a psychiatric evaluation, and now he has to wait until the program is complete before he can make any other request. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe he's been watching some of those, uh, you know, movies from like the 15th, 16th century where you handle stuff by sword fight or something. <laughs> And, and what state was this in? This was in Harlan, Iowa. Wow. I'm telling you, Midwest, what are doing? Yeah, oh, he might boy. be a little bored. Is that what it is? Okay. Well, I got one out here in uh, uh, Yuma, Arizona. Um, a man waved a gun at a drive-thru, asked for hot sauce. I guess they weren't giving it up. No. An Arizona man is facing charges after police um, say he waved a gun at a fast food drive window and demanded hot sauce. A bell put him on the kitchen list. Bell Lamar is facing charges in the case and was recently arrested earlier this month again. This time, drunken driving, the U.S. reports. Um... According to police, uh, Lerma in June pulled a gun on an employee at the Mexican food and demanded hot sauce, which is given for, for free with every food purchase. Police say the um, episode was captured on the video uh, surveillance cameras. Lerma and the driver of the car were later arrested. Lerma, who um, was out of uh, custody after posting a $50,000 bond, and under the supervision of uh, pretrial services, was arrested on March 3rd and has been charged with aggravated DUI for having a child under the age of 15 in the car and endangerment. What? Lerma's court-appointed attorney says he was working on hearings for both cases to be held together. Lord have mercy. He's going to need some help. Okay. <laughs> and it, it says the state... Uh, Superior Court Judge David Hall set a new bond amount and revoked Lerma's previous release. Oh, my God. He needs some help. He needs to go behind bars again, I guess. His name was Al Bell, A-B-E-L, Lerma, L-E-R-M-A. He needs to be put on his kissing list. All right. All right. All right. Last one is uh, this here. I don't know. I think this lady might get away with this. This is in Ashland, Louisiana. Uh, well, the, the title of the story is that a, a 
the police jail a woman who uh, paid bail with marijuana scented cash. Okay. <laughs> now, a Louisiana woman was arrested on drug charges after police determ- determined the $5,000 cash that was used to post an inmate's uh, bail had a strong odor of marijuana. Now, first of all, let me just explain this story as it goes along. They were suspicious of her when she brought $5,000 worth of cash in there. I don't give a damn if it smelled like perfume. All right. Authorities began investigating. Her name was Stormy Lynn Parfair. She was 33 years old on Friday. Shortly after she showed up to an Ashland jail to pay the bond, bond fee for an inmate being held on drug charges. Okay. Now, the uh, Terrebonne Parish Sheriff's Office said that uh, in a statement obtained by the news outlet, after uh, after getting a, after chasing a whiff of the cash, a detective searched the car while she was still at the jail. All right. Now, was there probable cause? All right. It, was there authorization? Did she authorize them? You can only search somebody's car if they give you permission or there's probable cause. She's in there handling business and them motherfuckers out there going through the car. Now, what kind of bullshit is that? I wish I was a lawyer. I would take the case my goddamn self. <laughs> anyway, after catching a whiff of the cash, after catching a whiff of the cash, a detective searched the car while she was still at the jail and found nearly $40,000 more inside. Okay, so, all right. Wow. So what? She got some money. All right, big deal. Along with about 100 uh, pills, a food stamp card that wasn't um, registered to her, according to the Sheriff's Department. All right, and he also saying investigators found hundreds of additional pills and cash, as well as marijuana, cocaine, and paraphernalia, doing a search of her home later. Mm-mm. News outlets reported uh, there are also four unattended children there. The four unattended children that were there were also turned over to a relative. Were these okay. her children? No, it doesn't even elaborate on that. Yeah. So they said that she was charged with multiple counts of uh, possession with intent to distribute drugs, four counts of illegal use of a controlled substance in the presence of a person under 17 years old, uh take uh taking con- contraband to or into a correctional institute and other related charges now you know just reading this here it just you could tell that this is some this happened in Ashland Louisiana okay where you know they still got black folks hanging on a hook like a worm on a motherfucking fishing pole okay you know you you just you violate their lives so viciously and then most of the people that get busted like that, they don't they're they're up on all the drugs and all that, but they don't have the intellect to have a lawyer in the in the backdrop as your your go to or as your exit plan. If you're doing anything illegal, you gotta have an exit plan. You know, you gotta have a drop where you drop the shit down a hole and you throw a match behind it and burn everything up as it slides down into a dumpster. You know, that that's classic if you're doing anything. If you you packing stuff, making stuff, whatever. There's always a chute going out the window, going down to the dumpster that, that you can shoot a fireball down there and burn it while it goes down the same chute that goes to the dumpster, you know, just as an example. But this whole story to me, even though it's, it's weird news and, I don't, you know, it's will be comedy and I don't mean to try to make it serious, but this, this is cracking that bull, you know, <laughs> because for one, it, it, it's, it's entrapment for one. It's it's a non probable cause to search a person's car like that. Then you went to their house. Now you're saying that um, the presence of uh, 
Now, they gave themselves away when they said uh, uncontrolled substance drugs in the the presence of persons under 17 years old. So why did you raise that? First, you said unattended minors. Then you said persons under 17 years old. Now, how old does a person have to be to watch their brother and sister? What is it? Good question. 14, 13 maybe? Even 16. 16 is if that person there was 16, then don't say they're unattended. How many times did that, that I'm sure, white detective, how many times you left your fucking 18-year-old, your 8-year-old daughter with your 14-year-old fucking son? Or your 15-year-old son? I mean, people are looking at the drug aspect, but then you're throwing all these other charges. You're trying to put all these charges together. And this is what a good lawyer does is take this stuff and, and, and you know, you, you break it down. You... He said, what is this? Well, if you didn't go out in the car in the beginning, and how did you get in the car? Did she lock the car? If she locked it, what'd you do, break this goddamn window? Without anybody knowing, you know, I'm they telling you. They use that thing that you put down in the window to unlock it. Despite what you use, you was in there, you was that person. I, I'm in a supermarket. How many people have been in a supermarket store, laundromat, and smell people, smell like marijuana walking by you all day? I've been in, in a line buying stuff from Walmart, and the person in front of me smells like they growing stuff. I'm not going to tap them on the shoulder and say, damn, man, you smell like weed. You know, I may pull them to the side and say, look, man, you may want to give this little roll of, uh, this little thing of cologne spray, man. Spray you some of this, um, you know, Egyptian muscle on you. Recommend how they can, you know, get it out of the, you know. But, but just because somebody's walking and smelling like weed doesn't mean you just, like, assume you know, but anyway, it's interesting, and I didn't mean to turn it into a two-part situation, but it is weird news, but damn, you know, going in that car like that, then saying, then going in the house like that, they just jealous that these people have money and they didn't. Anyway. Yeah, that sounded kind of rough. You better get a good attorney. You got any comments on that, give us a call, 914-803-4306. And press 1. And press 1. Press 1. That was that was crap to me. I mean, it was you know what I mean, Kettle. It was weird yep, news. I didn't it. mean yep, turn it. To, it. I didn't mean turn it to a story, but come on, she in there paying bail and they going in a car. Please. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, but that's down in Louisiana where they treat us like crap. Down in the bayou. So I'm not going to elaborate on it. All right, we're gonna go back to the phones and pick up a caller, and then we're gonna go take a break and come back with I'm just saying. Caller, welcome to the Pajama Party Show. Go right ahead with your comment. Are you there, caller? All right, I'm going to put him back on hold. Um, Cattle, can you take us to a break? And we're going to come back on the other side of the break with, uh, with me, Red Wine, and I'm just saying, on the Pajama Party Show. Uh, let's see, you ready, Cal? Yep. All right, take us out. We'll be right back. This is Red Wine, and you're listening to WPJP Block Talk Radio Pajama Party. Check out my commentary. I like to call it, I'm just saying, because sometimes I am just saying. It's just my opinion. It's what I think. Hey, you don't have to agree, but if you disagree, call us up. 914-803-4306. 914 803 4306. Hey, don't forget, they can catch us on uh, Twitter also at uh, apajamaparty.com too. What's the number, Papa? 
914-803-4306. Uh, I don't know how I got in the studio. Red Wine uh, came in here by himself, and me and Kettle just happened to come in and catch her stealing airtime. As you, you know, we're trying to do my own promo, and y'all just have to show up well, up again. Well, can y'all tell me what time? Oh, 9 o'clock, Eastern Time, 8 o'clock, Mountain Time, 7 o'clock, Central Time. No, that's wrong. And 6 o'clock, Western Time. <laughs> East, West Coast Time. Right, okay. right. Either way, so if you're in California, you call us at 6, 6 p.m., 7 o'clock if you're hanging out in Colorado somewhere. 7 o'clock, that's Central Time. Yeah, we got it all. Seven, seven o'clock if you in. Uh, okay, it's nine o'clock Eastern. Y'all do the math. Figure out where you are. Check your watch. Nine right. o'clock Eastern. Right. Okay. Check us out. Nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Nine fifteen CP time. Right. Yep. That's right. CP time nine fifteen. There you go. All right. All right, bartender. Hey. Bartender. Hey, is that Mr. Love? Hey, come on, Mr. Love, Mr. Bartender. I was trying to jiggle my eyes and my glasses are melting. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Sorry about and that. Red wine. Technical difficulties. Yeah, you was a little, uh, anyway. Leave behind the wheel, <laughs> but it's all right. <laughs> had, I had one of those Pisco. Pisco, uh, uh-oh. Right. <laughs> Don't do it. Sorry about that. All right. Sorry. All right. Well, I'm just saying tonight, I want to talk about uh, don't charge for my blackness. That's my topic tonight. Um, You know, this is one of those things about black women and their hair. I'm just happy to see how black women are embracing their natural hair and how they're celebrating it. And I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, black women have a lot of choices. Black men do too, but I'm focusing more on black women. They got a lot of choices for how we wear our hair. You know, whether we do a press and curl or blowout, a perm, braids, weaves, locks, cornrows, I think it's all beautiful. And I think the world is finally, finally realizing just how glorious and what's the word I want to use? Um, I'm looking for a word that means easy to change, but how, how all of that is in our hair. But see, here's the problem. Some hair salons do not see black women's hair as beautiful. They see it as extra money. And that's because all hair salons are not created equal. Now, I don't know how many people have experienced this, but if you've ever been, like, on travel or out of town and, you know, you just need to go and have something done to your hair, you don't know these salons, you've never been there, so you're trying to look online or Google it or whatever, You find a salon that looks like, all right, it's near wherever I'm staying. I'm just going to go there to get whatever it is that I need done. Like I said, you don't know these people. Now, you get there, and you walk in, and there are no black stylists. So that's like, okay, alarm number one going off. Then somebody, after they stare at you like you just grew another head, somebody finally says, can I help you? And you tell them, okay, I just need, you know, blowout or some kind of basic service, at least basic to us, basic service. And then all of a sudden the price goes up. 
Now, when you checked it online, they said, you know, or when you called, they gave you a price. But now that they see your brown skin, all of a sudden the price is different. And then they try to say, well, that's because we got to use certain products for your type of hair or, you know, that's a special process. It's not special. It's just different from what you're used to doing. So don't try to charge me extra for my blackness. It's just hair. If you don't know what to do with it, that's on you. I know what I need. You're not going to charge me extra and just get away with it like that because of your lack of experience or your lack of knowledge. Now, I'm going back some years when I went into, I won't call their name, hair cuttery, national chain, went to get a, a wash and blowout. That's before uh, what went well when I had my hair that way. And I saw the commercial, you know, they always advertise you could get these services for like twelve ninety five. I was like, cool, that's a deal. I get there, and when I saw there were no black stylists, I was like, well, you know, the commercial said twelve ninety five. So I go ahead, they wash my hair, they do everything. Then when it's time to pay the bill, they hit me with a surcharge. I said, what's the surcharge for? They said, oh, well, you know, your hair is kind of long. I'm like, how is my hair long when it barely touches my shoulders? At that time, my hair barely touched my shoulders. And they're telling me, well, you got long hair. You got to pay extra. So at this point, now, they had already done the service, so I couldn't very well dispute that they had done what they did. So I couldn't just walk out of there and say, I'm not paying you. Well, I could have, but I didn't want to get arrested. So, you know, they kind of got me over a barrel at this point. So now I'm all up in my feelings like, well, you know, the commercial said one thing. Now you're charging me an extra 10 or 12, whatever it was. And they tried to justify it by saying, well, you know, that's for like regular hair. I looked at that woman. I said, what do you mean regular hair? My hair is regular hair. She said, well, you know, it's not... I mean, I didn't mean to offend, but it's not like real, like regular. She couldn't even get the words together. So at this point now, they done hurt my feelings. They got me for another 10 or $12. Now I'm mad and I'm ready to go. So at this point now, I got to pay the extra money because they already did the service. So I went ahead and I paid them, but I said, you know what? That's never going to happen again. So what I learned that day is that all stylists do not know how to style all hair. And I think we assume that when we go into a salon that we're dealing with well-trained, well-rounded individuals. But clearly, that's not the case. But that's their fault. That's not my fault. So this is red wine, and I'm just saying, they got away with it that day, and that was some years ago. But they won't get away with it anymore. Because you're not going to get away with charging me extra for my blackness. All right. That was a good one, Red Wine. Mm-mm. I'm just saying, you know, stuff's out of control. People I agree. get away with yeah. it. Yeah, that's the problem. All right. Uh, let's see. Up next is Papa Didi and Living for the City. Are you ready, Papa, or you want to take Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, you know, I was uh, thinking about something else, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ride on the same same wavelength that you're saying there. But see, now you were talking about different grand scale places and things like that, and 
hair cuttery and all that jazz. But I'm going to speak on the average black barbershop, okay, because, you know, it, it, uh, it's changed. It's really changed. You know, me personally, and I put it out there, I'm from West Philly originally, you know, straight up, straight up born and bred. And, you know, the camaraderie that I grew up in in a barbershop in West Philly is a far cry from the area that we record out of, which is the DMV area. Because I finally, and I mean this sincerely, finally found a barber in the DMV area that can that can work my beard the way I need to be worked. And this was like a week ago. And and the brothers, I kind of just went there by accident. I, I was almost afraid to go in barbershops anymore because barbers in the DMV, first of all, when you walk in there, and I and I, I'll beat them up. I'll, I'll go through the whole, you know the whole Prince George County and the whole nine. I've gone in four or five places, and the first thing I walk in there, I don't feel no love at all. They look at you like you just stepped off a goddamn spaceship. And then usually the first chair, that's the victimized chair. That's the guy that's about 90 fucking years old. You know, he's the one that owns the joint, you know, and he's the first one to grab you, and he kind of greets you. And all the brothers is in the last four chairs, and the one thing about a barbershop is that you never know who has what or who has what style or who specializes in whatever, but it's usually the one that four or five people waiting for his ass, okay? That's usually the best joker up in there. This as an indication. Just like when you go get your car fixed. Go get your car fixed where there's cars all over the goddamn parking lot, and the joker got to say, you got to leave your car, man, because I'm busy, 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 you know. That shows they, they their activity as well. You know, they got they got good service. People are coming in there. You're trying to find a spot just to talk to somebody. But anyway, getting back to the barbershop, I go in these places, and like I said, the first guy in the first chair, he's an old dude. He's the one that owns the joint, and he'll cut anybody just a little traditional cut. He don't use no, no razors or nothing like that. He's a straight clipper guy, scissors, whatever, old school. He'll get you in and out, whatever. But then you got the four brothers in the back, and I say brothers because most of these these uh, barbershops are straight black, you know, and they're in strip malls and they're in little different, uh, as they call it, town centers down here. And, you know, you go in there and the four brothers that are lined up after that, they submit these talking with, to each other that they don't even greet you. And I'm standing like a damn fool at the front door trying to get somebody to understand me in there as a potential customer. Now, you're charging $20 a head in there. If you're charging $20 a head, that's $20 you about to get from my ass, plus a tip. Don't you want my money? But you got me standing up there trying to figure out, most times I would sit in the old man's chair and shoot the breeze about some old music, and we talking about Earth, Wind, and Fire, where I'm getting your basic cut and going out the door. I never even get to meet the other guys down the other end because their camaraderie don't even bring me down their way. And I would, to make a long story short, I find myself going back to New Jersey, you know, to to go to a certain barber, you know, usually Spanish dudes up there, because Spanish guys, they get it in. Them boys, they pretty as girls, you know what I mean? They'll put the razor on you, and they'll cut your, your beard and goatee mustache any way you want it. You know, they just like, you know, them boys is like, they get it in, you know. And, and But you find yourself traveling for a couple hours just to get a, a haircut or a beard trim or what have you, you know. But but uh, I don't have the brother's card right now, but next week I would definitely give him props. He's in the Capitol Heights area. And I just went in there, per se, wasn't that busy. I was talking to him, told him what I want, what I like. And he said, well, sit in the chair. And, and, and the brother not only trimmed my beard, but did all the all the, the cutting and all the, 
the the the, the massaging of the beard and did the right type. It was it was just off the chain. You know, it wasn't that expensive and only because he took the time to to talk to me about what and I wasn't getting that and I've been in many, many barbershops. So like on your point, Red Wine, when it comes to a black man going into a black barbershop, unless you go down to somewhere up north where they're gonna embrace you. Just like Harriet Tubman, she took the slaves to the north to be free. And that's for a reason, because I don't know. I mean, I hang up here in the DMV area, but I'm more of a northern guy. I'm a Yankee, so, you know, straight up. I'm a northern guy, and that's who I am. But I find going down there to the barbershops down in the north, you can talk to the brothers. You come in there, and they're they going to embrace you. They want your money. They come to work to get paid. And they will grab me. So what you need, bro? Well, what, what you want? How you want it? And they'll talk to you. But up here in DMV, no disrespect to them, but... I don't know. Maybe they got their clientele and they're content with that, but anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. I hear you. Kind of rough out there, I tell you. I guess the men got it bad and the women got it bad. It's just rough. All right. Mm -hmm. That was a good one, Pop. All right. Guys, ready to go to the West Coast? Let's go to the West Coast. All right, Ooh, man. what you got for us, Kevin? All right. Um, we're still talking about this corona um, pandemic here. But um, stars like uh, Justin Bieber, Mark Cuban, um, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, they are all contributing to this coronavirus uh, thing. Um, even though Hollywood, different productions and movies and festivals have been closed, um, the uh, celebs are stepping up. Millions of people around the world, including celebs, have opted to self-isolate at home to lower their risk of contracting the virus, which makes sense. Um, matter of fact, on the um, America's Got Talent, um, Heidi Klum, she wasn't feeling well one day, so she went home early. Um, for a few days, she went home early. They didn't say she had it or symptoms, anything like that, but she just wasn't feeling well. So um, it's, it goes on to say the celebs have been making a positive impact and giving back to those in need. Um, Justin Bieber, he pledged to donate um, $29,000 to a Beijing um, charity foundation. Um, Donatella Versace. She um, donated uh, about the same $29,000 American dollars to um, a hospital in Milan, Italy, because um, that was one of the um, worst cities that was hit, um, Italy. Uh, Kevin Love, NBA player, um, he is pledging um, $100,000 to the Kevin Love Fund in support of the um, Cavs Arena. They help support um, some of the staff that are working there. Um, Blake Griffin, the Detroit Pistons, he's going to donate $100,000 to help compensating some of the workers at Little uh, Caesars Arena also. Um, Hollywood uh, is more getting involved with the director of Parasite, um, the um, movie, um, the director, and his co-director, they both got together and they donating $82,000 to the Hope Bridge Korea Disaster Relief Association. And um, even, even little Nas X, he's getting involved. 
he um, sent out something on um, on um, Twitter saying he's going to um, provide some money. He didn't say a dollar amount, but he's going to provide some money and food for um, some of the relief of the, uh, you know, result of that. <clears throat> okay. On another note, Floyd Merriweather. I haven't heard from him in a minute. Um, his ex-girlfriend, Josie Harris, was found dead in California. The mother of his uh, three children, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. He, he, um, Josie Harris, the mother of three of his children, has been found dead in a car outside um, of a home in California. The 40-year-old was discovered unresponsive in the driveway around 10 p.m. Um, and pronounced dead at the scene. A representative with the coroner's office said they weren't able to provide further information, citing a security hold. Um, See, the sheriff's office is in an early public alert, has said that um, its homicide investigations were responding to the death of a woman at the same address where Harris was found on Tuesday. Harris, um, um, he goes on to say, Harris had dated the uh, 12-time world champion boxer between 95 and 2010. Um, their relationship was kind of rocky, even violent at times. Uh, 2010, after they broke up, Meriwether was arrested for domestic violence involving Harris in Las Vegas and was sentenced to two months in jail. Um, Harris would later accuse Meriwether of assaulting her on six occasions during their relationship. In 2015, she filed a $20 million lawsuit against Meriwether, accusing him of defaming her in an interview uh, with then Yahoo Global and anchor Katie Kirk. Um, that discussed uh, the um, domestic violence case and allegations of drug use by Harris. That lawsuit was set to go to trial in December of this year. So something does not sound right to me. As far as that's concerned, no, it doesn't. You, you, you guys be the judge of that. So, yep. Um, also, Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Petty, arrested for failing to register as a sex offender. Come on now. First of all, why would you marry someone of that caliber? And second of all, why didn't you register? This man is 41 years old, turned himself into federal custody on Wednesday after failing to register as a sex offender in California. Kenneth Petty uh, self-surrendered to U.S. Marshals in L.A. Petty moved to L.A. last July before uh, tying the knot with Nicki Minaj in October. Um, He knowingly failed to register as a sex offender as required by the sex offender registration. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it says you know, um, this story is. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I did see that story, and I think what mm-hmm. it would happen with him is whatever state he was living in before they moved to Cali, he was registered uh-huh. there. But I see, when but he, he moved didn't to register. Cali, mm-hmm. He didn't register there, and that was the issue. Gotcha. Okay. So maybe they didn't give him enough time, or he should have done it as soon as he got there. I'm not sure. I don't know, um, but yeah, he was registered yeah. wherever he was, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. When he moved to California, he didn't register there. I got you. Mm-hmm. Well, gotta stay on top of these things. Like I said, first of all, why would you marry somebody that caliber? Second of all, you gotta handle your business. You know, they could have. Who knows? They could have been escaping that, not doing that. You know, 
being in that state, but that's that's what it is. It is what it is. Um, okay. Um, also, on the last note, AMC will reduce capacity by 50% in all U.S. movie theaters. AMC theaters announced on Friday that they are proactively reducing the maximum capacity of each theater at least 50% beginning Saturday through April 30th. The movie theater chain will cap ticket sales for each of the theater's auditoriums to an amount equal to 50% of the normal capacity, seating capacity. All right. Okay. Yep, and also goes on to say the company is also enhancing its cleaning protocols by cleaning high touch point areas at least once per hour. That's good to know. But my thing is, we should have been doing this stuff all along. I'm sorry. We had to wait for some something outbreaks like this, and we're going to clean and clean until we can't clean again. But, uh, you know. It but wait a minute. Is. If you're going to clean once per hour, but most movies run at least an hour and a half or more. So that mm-hmm. means all those armrests where people's hands and everything are on, those are not going to be cleaned every hour if the movie is still <laughs> running. Nope. I'm just saying. I guess not. Yep. I guess okay. it's just talk. <laughs> Made a good point here, one. <laughs> so do we know it? All right, Kettle, well, thank you for the uh, Holly, I mean, uh, Hollywood report. You're welcome. But that's all, All folks. right. <laughs> okay, let's see. We're down to uh, the Kiss It list. So, uh, Papa Didi, can you tell everybody what is the world-famous Kiss It list? All right. That's where uh, somebody... Uh, some, not somebody in particular that showed their butt honey uh, over the last week, <laughs> and we put them on blast and got a song in their dedication. And um, the first people I want to talk about on the kisser list is this uh, police department in Ashland, Louisiana. They're going to go through somebody's car while they're bailing somebody out of jail. I mean, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, that, that did sound crazy. We are so vulnerable anymore. All right, let's see. Who else do we have on this week's Kiss It list? Kiss It. Who do we have? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the guy with the see. hot sauce, waving the gun with the hot sauce. Aberlene or yeah. Aberdeen or something. <laughs> yeah, whatever his name is. Mr. Hot Sauce with the gun. The hot you sauce bandit. The kiss it yeah, the hot sauce <laughs> bandit. Uh, I don't know. There you go. Thinking. I don't even know. Mark Ermit. Mark Ermit, who's the president of NCAA, he was the last one to pull the pin on that uh, Final Four March Madness. He makes a billion dollars a year in two weeks. Every hmm. every year, two weeks in March, he makes a billion dollars for the NCAA. Hmm. And people walk hmm. around here with student loans up the yin-yang. And this man hmm. didn't want to pull that. He didn't want to pull the NCAA right. to make that money wow. because he wanted wow. to get his little thing. So he finally caved in all the all the stuff around him. Okay, let's see. We also have um, Manisha Barad. That's that lady that was selling that homemade hand sanitizer. Oh yes, up in yes, uh, New sure. Jersey. Yes. We, Get her. We got David mm-hmm. Ostrom, the man that wanted to sword fight his ex-wife's attorney to settle <laughs> oh, their uh, situation. I tell you, that lady in Jersey mm-hmm. also, she's going to be in big trouble, too, in Jersey, because 
Ain't Jersey has a law that anytime we do something with kids up there, they have something called Megan's Law. Yeah. So if that Megan's Law gets her ass, boy, whew, I tell yeah, you. She's going down. Also, we got hair cuttery and uh, Stormy. Well, I won't put her on the list. The lady with the weed scented money. I'm not going to put her on the nah, list. No, nah, she's innocent. Uh, we got Trump and the Trump administration for the way they have mishandled and botched this whole coronavirus situation. Uh, anybody else? Nope. That's it. This time. Okay. That's it. We have a we have a an award for everybody on this week's Kiss It list, and Kiss here it is. My in Welcome back to the John Party One Hills Papa Dee. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, we're going to the last word because we're about to get up out of here. What's your last word, Papa Dee, for tonight? My last word is I'd like to uh, come back to Philly. I'd like to give condolences to uh, my next door neighbor who just passed away. Her name was Ruby Swenson. Uh, God rest her soul. Um, she was a uh, Senior person, I'm sure Miss Swinson was probably about. I'm sure she was either 90 or reached 90 or a little probably a little above 90. I mean, this is old school. She was up there in my mother's generation for real. Uh, lived right next door my whole life. You know, I saw Miss Swinson. I'm very good friends with her children and everything. They live right across the banister, and uh, it's the kind of thing when you live next door to people your whole life, you know them just as well. The you know, only thing, the only thing that separates y'all is the firewall. You know, between the two, between the row house, and um, I saw her every day, greeted her every day. Nicest person in the world. Always spoke to you. Always had a kind word. When I came home from the Navy, when I came home from anything, when I just came home, period. When I was singing in the living room back in the day, she would, you know, would come out the on the porch. I heard you singing in there, you know, because the next next door neighbors in the row houses, everybody hears what everybody does. And uh, God bless your soul, your spirit, your memory, Miss Winston. Rest in peace. All right. Uh, this is Red Wine, and my last word is be safe out there. Do what you got to do to protect yourself from this virus. But let's not go crazy trying to uh, stockpile supplies and all. You know, let's, let's let it let it be everybody get what they need, you know. Let's not try to buy enough stuff to last for three or four months. Everybody needs a little bit, so let's, you know, allow everybody to get some. That's my last word. Over to you, Kettle. All right, this may be sound like a crazy request, but this is for DC Metro System. 
I know the general manager, he's been trying to get it together since he's been there. But before this coronavirus stuff, you guys should have been on point. First of all, there's no visible cops there. You don't see anybody uniform. They could be all undercover, but to me, that helps deter, you know, things that are happening on the uh, train. Service is crap still. The increase in the fares is insane. You know, they continue to do that. Um, the metro cars, they should have been cleaning these cars before this coronavirus thing. They need to clean, 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 and re-clean. That's just my thing. And get that damn carpet off that damn floor. That's what I say. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's just my last word. And uh, to everybody out there dealing with this coronavirus, we can't go to church right now, but you guys need to pray inside your home. He's going to get us through this. We're just going through this for, for a period of time. But be safe and stay clean. If it's your room in your house, your home, keep everything clean and keep yourself clean. And everything should be good. So that's my last word. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Uh, shout out to our parent company, DC Homegrown Entertainment. It keeps the lights on and pays the bills. Uh, thanks to all our callers and listeners uh, from coast to coast. We appreciate you all. Uh, we're going to get on out of here because we got to go uh, make another hand sanitizer run. So we're going to go ahead and do that. I got to refresh so my we're gonna, <laughs> So that too. But we're going to sign off and say goodnight. So uh, say goodnight, Papa Didi. Goodnight, everybody. Say goodnight, cattle. Good night. Peace out. And this is Red Wine saying good night. Bonsoir. Till next Friday night. We'll do it all again at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're out of here. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Dabiko. Sana. I regret. To announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. Party cool, keep it real for you. No.